Jake, I like video games. Well, hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Welcome, everybody, to a new, long-awaited episode of... Hey, I like that game. Hey, I like that game. You're really uh, channeling your inner Freddie Mercury right there. That's pretty I'm, impressive. Uh, oh, I'm flattered that you thought that was like Freddie Mercury. Honestly, <laughs> I'm touched. I'm deeply touched. You had not, that sounded a little bit more like a poor man's Axl Rose, now that I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. That's more like a poison than anything else, so mm-hmm, I'll take mm-hmm. that. I'll take that. I, that sounds like every rose has its thorn, right? <laughs> right, yeah. How you doing, Jake? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It is time for a long-awaited next episode of Hey, I Like That Game. I know. It's been about a month since we recorded our last episode. Actually, a little over a month. Um, We've had a bunch of stuff happening, um, so it made it hard to to get together to record another episode. But that means we have more games to talk about up front here in the episode. And plus, E3 happened. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, um, big big let, developments there. Yeah, let's talk about E3 first before we get into the stuff we've been playing outside of the uh, title episode. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what kinds of stuff did you see at E3 that got you excited? Um, so I have been very cautiously, let's say, anticipating the Final Fantasy VII remake um, because that's a lot like Resident Evil Two, where it was a game that I never played. But the remake of it looks so interesting that it's getting me really hyped to pick up. Um, And they finally released some gameplay for that. And... um, It looks tight. It looks tight. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks... I'm a a touch worried, but also still just, like, really excited about it. I'm a touch worried because it looks a lot like the Final Fantasy XIII combat system, which... I didn't like a lot, but it does seem a lot more dynamic and a lot more inspired by um, 15's combat system, which was definitely interesting. Uh, but yeah, that game looks like it's going to be really cool, and I'm really from, excited to pick it up. From the look of the combat, like I, I agree in part to what you said. I think it feels a lot like 15, but um, you know they add in some some stuff from kingdom hearts too i think a little bit like yeah there's there's still the action um kind of button mashing that you can do with the combat there but you still have to menu you there's still like kind of a pause and strategize um aspect to it so i i actually i love final fantasy 7 it's not my favorite final fantasy um but it's it's like a close second. Uh, I absolutely love that game and those characters in that world. So uh, I'm super excited for it as well. The thing I'm worried about is they're saying that the first game in this series is uh, just Midgar, which is about what? it's it's about two to three hours, maybe five hours of the full game uh, of the actual game. Um, and they're saying mm-hmm. this is a full game that's going to be like twenty to thirty hours. Uh, just in Midgar, which I'm excited because Midgar is a highlight of that game. It's really fucking cool. It's one of the best um, environments that they have in the entire game. But mm-hmm. that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like There's a lot more game there. So if it took this long just to get to um, the first, you know, it's I guess that'd be the first chapter of that game. It's not even the first disc. It would be like the first chapter of that game. Um, 
I have no idea what's, what the rest of that game is going to be like. You know, uh, I, I don't know if they'll do everything uh, that that story has. They might cut down a lot of the stuff, which, granted, um, I think some of it can be cut. Um, fanboys are going to freak out, but um, I think that game can be can be whittled down a little bit if they want to just like focus on uh, the main plot line a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it it's a fascinating piece of. Uh, of gaming history that they're uh, remaking here. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. It, it's, I'm going to buy them all anyways. Like I'm not going to buy the special oh, yeah. edition for hundreds of dollars, but I'm going to buy them all. So <laughs> I, I want them to, to, to keep it going. Um, yeah. But and, hands down, else? easily biggest news, most excited about uh, some Luigi's Mansion three with oh Gooigi and new multiplayer mode in that. I, Love, love, love Luigi's Mansion, and I cannot wait to play some more of it on the Switch. Luigi's Mansion 3, it's going to be fire. That's, um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, crazy. yep. It's, it's so funny. We have such a different taste in video games sometimes. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. But, um, but yeah, that game looks okay. Like, it looks okay. Uh, I like the first Luigi Mansion a lot. I haven't really stuck with that franchise, but uh, it, it seems all right. Cool. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, some more uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield news came out. I'm, just like everybody else, a bit disappointed that it's not going to have a national Pokedex. But yeah. at the same time, I've never been one of those people with the mentality of, like, got to catch them all. So it's not that sort of collectathon aspect that I'm worried is leaving. It's more of, there's a lot, like, I've played every Pokemon generation. There's a lot of Pokemon in those games that I have come to like, and there's styles I like, movesets, even, like, stat distributions and stuff like that. And some of them are just going to be gone. And I get it, but it sucks. And I don't know, it's probably, like, there's a big push about it, which is interesting. It's probably, of course, too late in the game for that to change. But I'm glad that in a very uh, wholesome might be the wrong way, but in a vocal yet patient way, the fans of the Pokemon series are like uh, giving their displeasure with the lack of the national decks and that, but I'm still super excited to play it. I'm really jazzed for a console Pokemon game, even though the switch is basically a a mobile console handheld, but it's got a lot more beef. It's got a lot more power. And we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. Uh, there's been some incremental changes in the last few uh, main series games, so we'll see what the change in venue for the game does with it. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like usually, the Japanese fan base doesn't, uh, you know, uh, kind of pick up their pitchforks and start yelling at developers to fix things. But this is one thing where they're the Japanese fan base to be mm-hmm. very vocal about the uh, exclusion of the national decks. Me, personally, I don't really care that much. Um, I haven't uh, kept my Pokemon from game to game. Um, there was a time where this would have been a big deal to me when I was actually like really into it, like uh, Platinum and um, Pearl... No, Pearl... What was it? Pearl Diamond, and Sapphire... D- Di- and, Diamond, and, or- Diamond and Pearl. Diamond and Pearl. That was... The, the generation that I played the most um, mm-hmm. and I got really into that and if if it was you know 
22, 23-year-old me, I would be like, oh, this is the fucking worst thing ever. But I really don't care anymore. Um, I just want to see what they can do with this new game. Um, to me, it's not like they're erasing all those Pokemon. They're just not bringing them over into this new game, which to me is fine. Um, it, it also brings to my mind, it's like, well, maybe this means they have something else planned. Maybe they have another Pokemon game planned where you can bring all these pokemon together you know like maybe there's that thing it's just like they're not ready to say anything about it yet who knows i don't care new pokemon game on the switch i'll play it like yeah i, I love them it's, it's did fine. you play uh let's go eevee and pikachu i did but i i lost a ton of interest in it i i lost interest yeah. I, I like got i'm to about i got to lieutenant surge and i stopped yeah i'm wondering what if any sort of mechanics they're going to be bringing from that because there was some stuff i found interesting but I'm kind of like the same way as you were. I finished it, but I wasn't. It didn't. I wasn't as into it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, it it didn't have the staying power for me. But um, mm-hmm. I think it was fine. It what was about fine. you? What are, what are your E three biggest biggest hits? I know you have a uh, what at first was a pretty bold prediction about the Breath of the Wild sequel, but then it became the internet's favorite hot take. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I feel like I was the first person to say this, and I didn't, I'm like... The, you're the first person that I heard it from. Yeah, so, um, what we're talking about is... So, Breath of the Wild sequel was teased at Nintendo's press conference. They showed, um, a lot of things in that. It looked like it to be a darker tone. Um, they showed Zelda and Link kind of, um, going through a dungeon together. They didn't show gameplay. It was all cutscene. But the thing that, like, my bold-ass prediction was that like they showed this really kind of decrepit looking um demon looking thing that was like dead but then like suddenly was coming back to life and i have this prediction that link will get possessed and be the big bad of this next game and zelda will be your protagonist and well if if link isn't the the bad guy i think the idea of Zelda being a protagonist in some way, whether she's the main protagonist or a two-player co-op character, um, I think that is something that like we're ready for. I think like the Legend of Zelda, the main the main um, mainline Zelda games are ready for that, um, and I think this would be an awesome time to do it. Um, so that's that's my take: is that Zelda is going to be the main protagonist of the the sequel. Um, but yeah, I've seen a ton of people on the internet say that now. So, um, I guess, uh, I guess we are all seeing kind of the same stuff. Um, but it could be cool. I also watched a video, uh, kind of pointing to that decrepit looking, uh, demon thing could be Ganondorf, um, mm-hmm. who was like one of the original, like the original hero that was supposed to kill, uh, Calamity Ganon, but was corrupted in some way. So he ah. like... They could bring they could bring back a Ganondorf like character, which I would be super yeah. happy about. They alluded to as much when uh, in Breath of the Wild there was a kind of an offhanded comment that uh, the Gerudo uh, champion said, um, kind of referring to a Ganondorf like character. Um, and then a lot of people point to the the art at the beginning of the game, a guy with this long flowing red hair that looks a little bit like a Gerudo in terms of like the um uh his his ornamentation uh so it, it it could be something like that like um whatever it is i'm excited for it i can't wait um sticking with the nintendo stuff fucking banjo in smash let's Hell yeah. go 
That's another one I called from fucking the onset. I was like, Microsoft and, and uh, Nintendo are working together on a bunch of things. Like, of course Banjo is going to be in this game. He looks super fun. I can't wait to to mess around with that uh, move set. It, it's it's great. I, I can't wait. The Dragon uh, Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest hero is uh, is also in the game, which should be pretty fun. I'm not as excited about that one because it looks like some of his moves look like they're taken from. Um, Fire Emblem characters, if you kind of look at uh, his smash moves a little bit. He has spells, which are interesting, um, and he has, like, an MP gauge. Uh, so it'll be interesting to mess around with that stuff, but I I'm not nearly as excited for him as I am Banjo. The other thing that I think is really cool here that I think a lot of people had question marks about, uh, but it got me super excited, is Fantasy Star Online 2 coming to the coming west. to america fucking i was one of the people that had that on gamecube the original fantasy star online game i played that game to death oh my god i love the original fantasy star online i played that game so much i even went to the um to the lengths last year of downloading one of the fan servers i believe it's called like burst blue or something like that uh and i was playing you know old fantasy star online uh, on my computer here, and it was it's wonderful. It's super, it's antiquated now, but it's super duper fun. But they've had PSO2 in Japan for almost 10 years now. Like I think it's like seven or eight years. Um, and it's they said it was coming west, and then they went silent. They never did. It just never happened. Um, and there's been tons of fan translations and things like that, but nothing, um, nothing official. And now that's actually happening. I'm very excited. I can't wait to jump into that and, and play that game. I I really have a lot of nostalgia for that game, so um, that will be something fun to, to dig into. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention, and again, this will, this will lead into uh, our next phase here, is Game Pass on PC. Uh, mm -hmm. my, Microsoft announced that during the press conference, and I think everyone knew this was coming. It's not like a big surprise that they're putting Game Pass on PC. Um, the thing that was really cool was like, hey, go get in the beta right now. So I was sitting at my computer watching the press conference live. So I went and signed up and I have Game Pass on my PC right now um, for oh, $1. Hell yeah. And I've been using it and it works really well. The, um, the games work extremely well. Um, the downloads, like I haven't downloaded any like really big games. I've been using it more as like an indie game trial or like trier, um, mm -hmm. but it, it works. It works the way it's supposed to. Um, it it doesn't have a ton of features uh, built into it, but there is a friends list that's built off of my old Xbox Live profile, so I have all of those uh, people still in there. Um, I believe you still have to pay for an Xbox Live membership to play games online, which is. Uh, I understand why they have to do that to keep those servers going, but um, that sucks. You know, like I just, I just don't want to pay more money for that stuff, especially when you're on PC. Yeah, you get, you get accustomed to uh, playing multiplayer games for free on PC. Um, but it's cool, and uh, right now I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll keep this like for a couple of bucks a month. Like, why not? Like, I, I play enough video games. There's enough indie games that. I like to try that I wouldn't want to spend 15, 20, 30 bucks a pop to try out these indie games. Um, but it's, if I'm paying a monthly fee 
and there's new games that get added to it pretty frequently, like, that's going to be great. Um, two of the games that I tried on Game Pass already, one game called Void Bastards, that's, it's kind of like, it's like a roguelike Doom, almost. Um, oh. The art, it's like old school Doom. We're talking like first yeah, person, yeah. kind of crummy graphics, um, and... Like, you have to like, go on runs through these spaceships and pick up different materials. Um, it has, like, the the map screen, I guess, is eerily reminiscent to um, FTL, another one of our great episodes, FTL. Mm-hmm. Um, Good classic and then, there. Indeed. And then, like, the mechanic is, you know, first-person shooter, and there's um, a bunch of different weapons and different, like, tools you can use and stuff. It didn't really grab me. But um, I heard a lot of good things about it, and I was able to try it for you know a dollar. Um, and then the other game that I played on Game Pass so far that I'm actually really liking a lot is called Slay the Spire. Um, oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, so this is like a deck building roguelike game. Um, that's, oh my super, god, that's like right up my alley. <laughs> I know you you would absolutely love this game. Like, <laughs> It's, it's very, very good. Um, I'm having a blast with it. I've completed just um, a handful of runs so far. Um, but it's fun. It's really fun. And I'm glad, again, I would have never bought this game um, straight up, probably. Like, it, it was just, like, priced out of the range where it would be like, eh, I could like this game, but I might absolutely hate it. I don't know if I want to do this. And now I'm like, oh, I can play it on Game Pass for, for almost nothing. And now I'm thinking, well, if I cancel Game Pass, I might just buy this game to have it on my Switch when it comes to the Switch because it's like a perfect Switch game. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've already downloaded uh, Into the Breach. That's just I'm just waiting to play that game. You know, actually from the uh, developers of FTL, um, their next game that's kind of like a um, almost like a chess-like game. Uh, it's like a grid-based uh, strategy game, but um, but yeah, it's. Game Pass on PC, man, it's it's fucking it's fucking great. Um, All right, I mean, I'll have to try that. I have to check out at least uh, what was it, Slay the Spire? Slay the Spire, yeah. Absolutely, that's yeah. So, I mean, one of the things uh, I've been playing that's actually kind of in and of itself a um, deck building roguelike. So, Tony, as you know, I used to play a lot of Hearthstone, and I just basically I fell out of favor with it. I just had. I didn't want to keep keeping up with uh, the new expansions and paying to be able to make competitive decks and whatnot. So I've been off of it for a long time. I still have no intention to get back into PvP. I don't have the money, time, or really patience to do that to do that anymore. But they just released right. a solo expansion, and it's uh, I played a little bit of the like the first free chapter they gave you, and I was having enough fun with it that I dropped the twenty dollars to get the whole thing. And it really is basically kind of like a deck-building roguelike. And I've been having a whole lot of fun with that. It's basically the perfect kind of engagement I want to have with Hearthstone at this point. Because I don't have to buy a whole bunch of cards or worry about making a deck. I want to be able to just, like, mess around and have runs of increasing levels of difficulty and be able to kind of have a fun, customizable deck. So that's actually been a whole lot of fun. And for... The twenty dollars I pay for it, it's uh, it's been Not a good bad. time. I mean, I you get I think twenty, no, you get fifteen packs while you play it, and if you beat it, when you beat it all, you get some like cosmetic unlocks too. So 
I mean, okay. if, if you play Hearthstone and you want to get the packs, it's worth it there. But even just as a standalone experience, I've been having a really good time with it. And it's the is first it time I've had, like, a really good time with Hearthstone in a while. Is it replayable, like, endlessly? Oh, yeah, yeah. So basically what it is is um, there are five different chapters, and each one is basically just, like, a different kind of roguelike run. And there's the normal mode, and then there's the heroic mode, um, and then there's another mode I haven't really messed around with, but it's basically it just kind of makes things more chaotic. Um, and then you start with a really basic deck, you pick from any of the nine classes, and each of the nine classes have three different hero powers you could select from, and four different starting decks you can choose from. One of them's completely random for each class, but each one has its own feel. And then at the end of each match, you get to pick um, three new cards from three different piles. And every so often, you get to pick like a new passive or a new really powerful card you get to add into your deck. Uh, so it's yeah, it's basically infinitely replayable. You're going to get different kind of deck strategies depending on what you get in your draft. Um, and it's 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 really a good time, even if you don't play Hearthstone. If you're at all interested in a just a really solid single player card game experience it's called it's um i think it's like heroes of dalaran or something like that uh really good time uh very much recommend it but awesome. other than that i've been doing a lot of traveling i was home for a while and i had uh, only my switch and i picked up a couple games on sale one was shovel knight like the full shovel yes, knight game with the so uh, plague knight yeah, the Treasure Trove. So it has the basic Shovel Knight game, which is really cool, really fun. I had played before, um, but then it comes with two different single-player modes. Vector uh, Knight! Yeah! It says uh, Spectre Knight, Spectral Knight, and Plague Knight. And basically they have two different, completely different play styles. You go through the same levels, but they have slight variations on it. But the Plague Knight's got like this huge kit of different bombs and throwing types and like the super jump that he gets. And Spectral Knight can um, basically do an air slash and fly between enemies and certain obstacles, which allows for a lot of really cool movement options. Uh, and so there's not a whole fun. lot of variation in the enemies or the levels themselves, but there's enough to really keep it interesting. And the difference in gameplay is enough to really keep it fun. And Shovel Knight really great game it's uh like a awesome like retro inspired throwback that's very mega man-esque but it takes in a lot of the more modern trappings of games like you know checkpoints and uh, buying items in between levels and incorporates it in a way that doesn't make it less challenging but makes it less frustrating yeah, uh, so great. yeah, Shovel Knight, great, great. Treasure Trove, great. fantastic. And then I also got Enter the Gungeon, fucking Woo! finally, roguelike so bullet hell. Uh, I love bullet hells, I love roguelikes. This is a really fun, really fun game too. Super difficult, I still haven't beaten a run. Um, Neither I. I've gotten close though, I've gotten to the second to last uh, stage. Yeah, yeah, same. My biggest critique with that one is I wish it was just a, a bit more transparent with what the items and guns do. I know that's like yeah. a trapping of roguelike games is that they're very opaque and you have to figure out what's going on basically through trial and error and intuiting and remembering what the different items do. But uh, then I think of Wizards of Legend, a game that we've talked about a bunch on this podcast before, 
that at least shows damage numbers when you're doing spells and whatnot. So even just something as simple as that would it, would be really appreciated in something it, like Enter the Gungeon. To be fair, though, if you hit the the like start button and you go into like the Ammonomicon or whatever it's called, you mm-hmm. can look at some like really basic text on things. Yeah. It's not, and it's not like the Binding of Isaac where it's like you get no fucking information. It's like good luck. Right. You know? it. I think that game strikes the perfect balance between like the secretive nature of it and giving you clues as to what things do. I think that game does a really good job of hiding a lot of secrets in that game. Um, there, there are still some things in there that I'm not sure how you unlock or how you do it. Um, oh, yeah, same. Kind, kind of just like um, Binding of Isaac, whereas like, Binding of Isaac is like set up for secrets, um, and they're just all over the place, you know? Um, Enter the Gungeon is not that, but it's... Uh, I think that game plays so well. Like, the actual gameplay of it is so good that oh, yeah. it, it makes up for it. Yeah, yeah, very much agree. I want to keep playing it. I want to finally get my clear of that at some point. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those are those have been the games I've, I've been playing. What about you? You got yeah. anything else? I do. I have two other games that I have beat since, Ooh, uh, since yeah. our podcast, um, both on Switch. Uh, one of them uh, I've been meaning to play for a while, but I finally kind of just sat down and was like, okay, I, I, we have some time before we record. Let's, let's give this a shot. And that is SteamWorld Dig 2. Now, SteamWorld Dig 2 is, one, fantastic. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's a Metroidvania game, but if you take the staples of that genre and then you add in this game called Mr. Driller... Um, it's basically, um, you're digging further and further down into these mines, this big expansive dungeon, uh, in mines or like however you want to call it. They all have different, there's different areas that have looks and feels that have different tropes to it. Like there's like an acid area. There's like an area where there's more water. There's, you know, all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. the traversal mechanic is you have a pickaxe. And you actually have to dig. You know, there's these little squares. You have to hit with your pickaxe and kind of move around through there. Um, some you have to take multiple hits to, to, to like move through them. There's enemies that you can kind of move around and like, okay, I'm gonna dig underneath this brick and have this huge thing fall on these blocks of enemies. There's tons of treasures hidden everywhere that you're always picking up gold to go back up to the surface to give to a person to give you money, which you can use to upgrade your abilities. Um, you're constantly finding new traversal abilities or just new, um, new skills that you can do to access different areas. So it is like a quintessential, uh, Metroidvania ever since we played, um, Metroid fusion, I've been itching to play another really, really good Metroidvania. And this game scratched that itch more so than any other game I've played. I, I, I'd honestly... I can't recommend that game enough, SteamWorld Dig 2. Um, it's on, like, every platform at this point. It's usually pretty cheap. Um, if you like Metroidvanias, that game is an absolute delight. Um, definitely not one to miss. Um, the other one that I just beat the other day, I think it was uh, two days ago, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Oh, yeah. How is that so- one? I want to pick that up. 
Oh my god. So, this game is very, very good. Um, for those who are unaware, Crypt of the Necrodancer is another roguelike indie game where it's, you know, a dungeon crawler where you're picking up new items, attack abilities, and, like, uh, passives and upgrades as you make it farther and farther through this crypt. Um, the unique spin on that is that it is a rhythm game as well. So that it has a bumping soundtrack in the background at the bottom of the screen. There's basically like almost like a metronome where you're keeping beat with the music and those beats um, translate to the actions you make on your play field. So as you move, you wanna, you have to move to the beat. You're moving kind of one square at a time. You're attacking in the beat of the song. The longer you can kind of chain together the rhythm, the sometimes the stronger your attacks gets. Sometimes that will give you uh, better drops from enemies. Um, it's it's really it's a really fun and engaging mechanic. Sometimes it can be very frustrating if you're a little bit off beat. Um, but you know that was Krypton and Necrodancer. Cadence of Hyrule takes that same structure, but jams it into the closest thing I could compare it to is like a link to the past. You know, the top down version of that world, the actual world itself looks quite a bit like link to the past. And you have to travel to four different regions of the map to defeat four bosses that are within these four different dungeons to, uh, to get these instruments to have you ultimately fight against, you know, uh, the final boss. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, the thing that it does differently is that um, when you kill all the enemies on a specific screen, the rhythm game goes away, so you can kind of explore that area for, like, hidden stuff. You know, like, cracks in a wall to open up a secret area or to try to figure out the little puzzle, like, movement puzzle to get a heart piece, things like that. So you don't always have to move in rhythm. It'll, it'll take that away. It also includes a mode where you can just turn off that rhythm mechanic altogether if you find yourself really struggling with it. I actually ran into that at a couple points where I was like, just I was getting really frustrated um, with the rhythm parts. So I was like, fine, I'm just gonna turn this off and, and just try to enjoy this game on its surface. And it was it was still excellent. Um, the dungeons are fun and engaging. Um, it's fairly easy, um, or at least I I would say it's fairly easy. Once you get in the hang of it, like I hit a point in the second day that I was playing it where I kept like dying over and over again. I, th I think I had like 44 game overs um, total during my, my playthrough of the game. But mm -hmm. uh, that was it all stemmed from kind of one section of the game where I was getting really frustrated with um, specific enemies and, and kind of the way that they moved around as you were, you know, attacking them. Yeah. And, um, but as soon as I got past that and I kind of got a couple more upgrades under my belt, um, I was doing much better. It, when the game starts, you can pick from Link or Zelda as playable characters, and they both have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, I played through with Zelda, and it was really fun. It was a lot harder, uh, I've, I've come to find out, because she has less, um, I think, less defense, and she, ha she has magic instead of you know, a sword and shield. So she doesn't have as, as much, you know, defensive capabilities, but she has like fun magic to mess with. Um, you pick up all of the standard kind of, 
a link to the past items. You know, you have a, you have a hook shot, you have a boomerang, you have a bow and arrow. There's an ice rod, a fire rod. You know, all of that stuff is in this game, hidden away. Uh, you know, waiting for you to find. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's definitely the best Legend of Zelda spinoff there ever has been. Um, it, you're going to be hard pressed to to have one better than this. Um, the remixed music in the game is phenomenal. It's it's very very good. And then on top of all of that, you can play it two player. Um, it's just like Krypton and Necrodancer was. It is also geared towards speedrunning. So there is a a scoreboard that's built into the game. It, there's like a clock, so you're you're, it's keeping track of all these things. So it it, it has that longer tail. Where if you want to get good at the game and post like really impressive scores or really fast times, it has that feature in there for you. But then it has all these other features that are more accessible to players like me who would never ever use that stuff, but just want to experience the game. Um, it's a little short, but, you know, that's fine. Like, I still got my money's worth out of it, for sure. And I'll probably replay this game once or twice more uh, because there, I still have to beat the game with Link and then uh, Cadence, who is the uh, character from Krypton Necrodancer, so, uh, who, who play a little bit differently from one another. So uh, it's it's fantastic. Honestly, both of these games, SteamWorld Dig 2 and Cadence of Hyrule, Krypton Necrodancer, like, go buy these games. Just go buy them right now. They're so good. Yeah, when that was announced, that was a a wild looking crossover, but I was definitely very interested. And even the the smallest of recommendations would have gotten me there. But it seems like you were absolutely in love with it, so I I can't wait to play it myself. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, speaking of games that are really good, the title episode, or the title game for this episode, Samurai Showdown Two, Jake. Yep. You ready to talk about it? You ready oh. to talk about Oh man, I can feel it. I can feel it right now. You're getting so amped up to talk about this game. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure. The, the excitement is definitely palpable on this side of the microphone. <laughs> I could I can feel it. Uh join us after the break where we talk about Samurai Showdown <laughs> 2. Hey everybody, Jake here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey I Like That Game. If you're enjoying the show and want to reach out to Tony and I, you can email heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, and you can follow us on Facebook for updates. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And welcome back, everybody. We're here to talk about Samurai Showdown 2 for the Neo Geo. Yeah, so this was... This was my game that I picked. Uh, came out in 1994. Um, that's when, or at least that's when I remember uh, playing it, kind of for the first time. Um, I have very, very distinct memories uh, when I was younger playing this game in a bowling alley. Uh, my mother was in a uh, bowling alley league when I was younger. Oh, so that's in, so rad! Right. So when uh, in the summertime when she was going to her league, and I was home from summer. Uh, she, if I wasn't, you know, staying home for whatever reason when I was too young for that, she'd bring me to the alley and give me like, here's five bucks. Go ahead and play in the arcade. The arcade was actually pretty solid. I, I have vivid memories of playing off road there a ton. Street Fighter. Um, they had a uh, Final Fight machine there. You know, a bunch of like really solid arcade machines. But they also had one of those multi K Neo Geo games. 
They had, you know, obviously a Metal Slug in there, Bust a Move, and Samurai Showdown 2. Um, I've always had a very nostalgic feeling towards this series, Samurai Showdown. Um, part of it is because, you know, I love anime and, like, all things Japanese. And this game's art style is so influenced by that, you know, old school, feudal Japan, super anime look and feel. But the other thing about this game that, you know, at least I remembered very fondly about it, was that the gameplay is not like a Street Fighter or a lot of modern fighting games where it's really about, you know, super in-depth combos. The game's more about precision and, like, reading your opponent and counter-hitting them. You know, there's still a lot of execution uh, in this game, but... It's not like, oh, if I get hit once, they're going to be in a combo for five, six moves, and I'm just going to die. It's like, that's not how this game works. Or at least, that's not how I remember this game working at all. Um, Jake, I know you're not really into fighting games at all. Um, no what did you think? Yeah, what did you think about this game? Um, it's a little bit uh, different than the normal fighting games I'm sure you're used to. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like as far as fighting games, the one I'm most familiar with, as most people are, is the Smash Bros. series. Um, sure. Again, I'm not nearly on the level that Tony is, but I'm I think a solid solid Smash player. Um, I have played other games like Tekken and the kind of like more 3D fighting games too, but the kind of like Street Fighter, two D, yeah, two D fighters are not your thing. They're not my thing. No, that's never really been my style. Like the having to learn the button commands and the joystick moves for certain special attacks or combos. It's just it's never ever been something I've really enjoyed doing. Which is why I think I would you I would like when it comes to. Like, hardcore fighting games i've always been more into like something like tekken where there are combos for sure but it's also more about movement and smash bros is like that too where you can chain together hits but you don't have to do anything fancy to pull off special attacks like you can do every single attack in that game with just one move on the directional pad and one button press and i like that simplicity within it and where the complexity comes from being able to outmaneuver and outposition and I'm sure this game is also like that but it's just it's really I get much more frustrated with this type of game than I do really with any other type of game um and I guess yeah I don't know so <laughs> This game is challenging for me to talk about because I feel like I have so little to say about it because <laughs> there's so much depth in here that is completely beyond me that I just didn't even care to get to know. Sure, but I, there are levels knew, in which I can appreciate this too. Yeah, I knew, I knew this would be a tough one for you. I, th I thought there was like a slim chance where you would get into the fact that you know, learning special moves definitely helps but you don't necessarily need it um right. you can be very good at this game or at least make it through the arcade mode and beat people 
um, by using just the normal button presses. You know, it's a it's a four a four button game uh, where you have a light and medium. Um, those a light medium kick, light medium like punch, I guess, um, and then those can be pressed together as well. Um, but it's the buttons themselves are very simple, and each of those kind of normal neutral buttons uh, give you, depending on your character, obviously, but they give you a pretty solid move. Um, right. Yeah. That co- that can cover a lot of ground. Um, you you can do a lot with the very basic tools there, but. You're right. There's a lot of deeper mechanics here that um, if you don't spend the time to try to get into them or if you're not playing against other people physically, um, you may never even see them. Uh, But, man, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And I also appreciate that this game isn't a lot less than other fighting games. It's not a button masher. It's got that simple approach to it where yeah there's and on the switch version that um i played you can press one of the shoulder buttons and it's that's basically hitting the two attack buttons the same so there's the two weapon attacks the two kick attacks and then if you press them both both at the same time or just press one of the triggers then that's like the heavy attack so there's those six attacks and kind of the basic movement you can you do decent work with this game um, but then the one thing that was a really a sticking point for me and was hard was the throws because yeah. you can throw by hitting the directional pad. And I think like the two button attack at the same time, and it's a really powerful, like countering air attack moves or somebody's blocking. It's a really necessary, like necessary of that. There's a dash in move and it's really good for countering that, but I could never get it in a way that felt consistent and satisfying. And that's what Mm. really, I think, I don't want to say like stopped me, but kind of that was the one part of the game where I think if I could have gotten that too, I would have been able to engage with it in a much more substantial level than I ended up doing. Sure. And like, I don't want to say, Hey, if you're focusing on grabs, you're doing it wrong because like that is, (laughs) that is a, a viable straight, like it's a viable thing to do. Certain characters like Hanzo and I think uh, Galford uh, can do like air grabs, like anti-air grabs, which can be very, very useful uh, against an opponent mm-hmm. that jumps in on you a lot. But um, one of the things, very unique things about this game, it, it is a weapon-based fighter. So like the Soul Calibur is the 3D fighter um, that's like focused on weapons, you know, as opposed to Tekken, which is all martial arts um, for the most part. Um, this is the weapon-based game as opposed to, like, Street Fighter, which is all martial arts for the most part, right? Yeah. So each character has their own distinct weapons. Uh, those weapons lend themselves to a bunch of different moves. Like, you have Charlotte, who is a fencer who plays kind of fast, and she has a lot of, like, forward-striking thrusts and things like that that you can do with her that fits that weapon style. But then you have ninjas that ha- that move, you know, much faster, short-range attacks because they use, like, kunai and, like, uh, and little swords and things like that. Um, 
Some people use animals uh, in addition to their uh, normal weapon. You have guys like Earthquake, which are these big, lumbering, massive characters that use, you know, hooks and scythes and, and all sorts of random uh, weapons like that that really, um, they bring out a, a, I guess an energy. You know, each character has a, di a wholly different vibe that's matched by their weapon. So mm -hmm. when you're going through that character select screen, you can really see, okay, what... What are these? What which character am I gonna identify with by their weapon? You know, do I want to pick a standard, like samurai, like Genjiro, or, um, or one of the other? I mean, there's like a bunch of different samurais in this game: Genjiro, or uh, Jubi, or uh, what is the main guy's name? I can never remember. Uh, uh, Haru Maru. Haru Maru. Yes. Um, so like those are like your standard samurais, but then you have guys like. Like I said, Earthquake, this big lumbering dude. You have Ganan, who is, like, a guy who's got, like, a um, Freddy Krueger, like, claw hand. Yeah, and he, like, he... crawls a whole bunch and is, like, really spinny and, like, kind of almost like a golem kind of character. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's... Uh, I mean, I guess at this point we're just going to gush about the characters because I think... Oh, yeah. I the really... character design work in this game is so good. Yeah, this, this is definitely one of the selling points of this game. One of the things I remember the most about this game are all the different characters. You have guys like, like we just mentioned, all those. But then there's like some new characters like uh, Cham, Cham 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 Cham. Who's like, yeah, who is like a, um, she's like a, uh, almost like a, like a Tarzan-like female character that has this big boomerang. And she has a little monkey friend with her, um, which is super fun. Um, mm -hmm. there's Genjiro, who is, um, Hamaru's, like, rival, uh, and he, they, they look like standard samurais, but they, they play in, like, vastly different styles, um, so it's really fun to get into those, like, samurai battles, uh, like that. There's a, there's Nicotine Caffeine, can we talk <laughs> about Nicotine, can we talk about Nicotine Caffeine for a second? Can we talk about Nicotine Caffeine? <laughs> this crazy old dude with the giant hat and a staff who you know typical pipe. like naruto fashion throws the cards that have writing on them they burst into flames that he he takes uh he takes a puff from his giant uh pipe and then blows smoke um you know it's he's like the old pervy man like he's like a master roshi like character who looks like, oh, he's just a drunken, crazy fool, but he's actually extremely impressive, you know, fighter, that kind of thing. Um, he's great. I love it. He's such a great character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember, like, just scrolling, scrolling through the characters, the one that caught my eye. I played with him a few times, didn't really <laughs> like him, but that was uh, Seeger, who's, like, this big, yeah. bald, muscly dude, and then his weapon is basically just, like, gigantic gigantic gauntlet <laughs> yeah yeah i actually yeah, i liked him a lot scrolling through cool. there's so much distinct unique stuff no character looks the same there is no ryu and ken akuma slight palette swaps like like i said there's a lot of samurai in this game but they all look very very different than one another and they all use extremely different fighting styles um 
not one character is the same in this game, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, Each one has a very unique silhouette, very unique style, and um, I think one of the things that really draws me to this game, like I said, is like, so there's not an over-reliance on combos, and I feel like there's not an over-reliance on the special moves in this game. It's more about how you dodge attacks, how you move, how you position yourself. You know, like the, the neutral of this game is really, really important. They added a couple of, of new features to this game from the original Samurai Showdown that, that make it really fun. Like if you if you never played a Samurai Showdown game, you, I guess you never, you don't, you don't get the, the gravity of some of the things that they added. But like just the um, simplicity of adding a, forward roll or a backward roll where you can like dodge moves like that uh duck they didn't have a duck uh in the previous game and like any character that has a projectile um that makes them stronger from a distance just by like the nature of having a projectile right so if your character doesn't have one your opponent does you're kind of at a disadvantage right away if they know how to use it correctly um so adding a feature like duck where you can avoid projectiles is is super helpful uh and it comes down to that execution and chess match a little bit whereas like okay this guy's gonna throw a projectile at me i know i can duck it with the right timing so um i can avoid that move and then counter attack from there they also added this really cool thing and i'm sure you saw it um as you were playing it you might have not recognized it but they they added this thing called like a sword stun it's kind of like a parry where if you block a weapon attack at the very last moment, um, it'll cause the attacking character to freeze a little bit briefly. Um, I, I think they flash a little bit too, and they kind of go into this uh, freeze animation a little bit there. And it's mm-hmm. like something like that requires a lot of precision to um, to pull off, but the risk-reward there is extremely helpful. You know, if you can block that attack at the right moment freeze your character that gives you a moment to counter attack so you can mount your 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 counter attack there um they also put in um a system around like weapon breaks so you can that's really really powerful this is something that um doesn't come up in like a a soul caliber or like any other like weapon based game that that i can remember you can knock the weapon out of your opponent's hand um and then they lose a lot of their effectiveness i mean most of their special moves go away their damage output goes way down um you can knock the weapon out of people's hands by doing like these things um like locking swords which is like a super fun little mechanic that you can get into but they added in this game weapon breaks where if you do your they call it like a rage explosion but basically when your meter fills up at the bottom of the screen uh, and you get like more powerful they they, they call it um i think the it's rage pow. Me- yeah it's, it's it says power on there but like in future snk games that becomes the rage meter so it's basically as you take damage as the round goes on you build this meter and when it fills you enter a rage mode where your stats just go through the roof. You do more damage. I think you heal a little bit. You take less damage. And you can pull off this special move. In this game, if you perform your special move while you have the rage, uh, you can break the other character's weapon, which 
It does a lot of damage. It takes their weapon away, and they can't get it back until, like, the judge gives them, like, another replacement weapon. So it puts them at a very big disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's, like, that little judge guy in the background who's basically, like, calling out the shots and who lands a hit. And then if you lose your weapon after a short delay, he's going to throw another one out in the field that you can recover. And then after the match is over, he, you know, reaches into his pocket and, like, throws out confetti to celebrate the winner. A lot of just, like, fun little... A lot of fun little flourishes like that in the game. Um, Yeah. Especially with the design and the the graphics and even, like, the the setup and... Sorry, not the setup, the the arenas. So there's a couple of arenas that have stuff in the foreground, like fire pits, bamboo stalks, uh, like, wheat things like that and if you attack around them then it's gonna chop them up and kind of get and get rid of that obstruction and it's like a cool it doesn't really affect gameplay a whole lot other than one where there's like big fire pits that'll uh obscure the fighters a bit but it just adds a lot of cool character character to this game and that's where i think it shines the most and it's really interesting character in the graphics and the look and the design of the characters and the difference in weapons and just kind of the bombastic feeling of it all. Yeah, it this game, if you had to pick out one thing that makes this game stand out from the crowd, it's its you know its art style, its art absolutely because it, it's not just the characters look great, like you said, the arenas are super fun. There's a lot of like neat stuff happening in the background like i was cracking up playing this game with a buddy of mine just looking at the little weird shit happening happening in the background of some of the stages like there's one where you're kind of in like a village by some woods and there's just a ton of people in the background doing goofy shit that's just cracking me up you know oh there's is that Um, the one with the person riding a bear's shoulder yes yeah (laughs) it's so ridiculous i love it um, the other thing that I have to mention, I'm probably, I'm sure you've never, you never saw this in your game, but I think it's one of the most badass things that they added to this game. So let's say you lost your weapon. You can do a barehanded sword grab. It's I again, pulled that off one time and I felt so cool. Isn't it so fucking <laughs> sweet? You, like this game has so many mechanics where you have to dig very deep to get to them. Like, you have to be in a situation where you don't have your sword. You also have to put in the right uh, input at, like, the exact right moment to pull off that move. But when you do it, it's just, like, it feels really good. And, like, since this game is not, at least for me, it's not prone to, like, button mashing. So when you do stuff, it's like, I did that. You know, like, I felt it in that moment. Like, I got this. Bam! Barehanded sword grab. It feels fucking great. Oh, my God. I feel like this game has an incredible game feel um, for a fighting game. It feels really, really good. Um, the slower, more measured pace of it, I really like that. And it's slow and measured in the sense that, like, you're not flying around the stage. Even when you're playing with, like, ninja characters, they're not so fast that it's, it's hard to keep up with them. Um, but moves do a lot of damage so it's not like rounds um are drawn out really long like if you have a long drawn out round it's because 
both people are playing very well against each other and they're countering each other and, and reading each other's movements very well. Um, because if you land a handful of hits, person's almost dead. You know, like if you if you land yeah. a heavy attack, it's taking a good portion of your life. Um, like a quarter of the, the health if you land a heavy weapon attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does a lot of damage. Like the moves, the moves do weighty amounts of damage. Um, and, and as they should, because it's a weapon-based fighter, right? Um, weapons mm-hmm. are going to do more damage than punches, you would think, you know? Um, so I I really like that. Um, it was fun It was fun to dig back into this game. The, the one thing that I completely forgot about that I fucking hated was, <laughs> I don't know if it was certain, certain levels or if this was random, but sometimes there are items. There are sometimes the yeah. judge will throw out health items or bombs will throw out. Or just random shit will be on the stage that gets right in the middle of your fight that's like, what the fuck is this here for? Like, why is this even here? Um, that shit infuriates me. I'm one of those people that plays Smash Brothers with all the items off because you want to Final strip Destination, away. no items, Tony over here. Right. Not just Final Destination, but there's a couple other <laughs> tournament qualified stages. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, I, I hate having a bunch of randomness in my fighting games. It should be a uh, very calculated skill-based thing. And as soon as you add in random shit like that, it ruins it for me. I completely forgot that that was even a thing in this game. And that fucking infuriated me. But everything else about this game was exactly how I remembered it. And, and I, I fondly look back on it. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And you know what? Perfect timing, too. Because next week... The new Samurai Showdown comes out. It, it's called Samurai Showdown, uh, releasing on all the current consoles and I think PC as well. Um, and it's it's kind of I don't know if it's like a reboot of the series, but it looks kind of like Street Fighter Four like art style. And it's uh, you know a new Samurai Showdown. So uh, this game got me amped for um, for the new one. I, I'm probably I'm probably gonna pick it up. Uh, what yeah, about we'll you, see Jake? what kind of We'll see what kind of reception that gets, because um, I remember I was looking at uh, some videos on this online, and Samurai Showdown 2 had, like, a minor Evo, uh, like, side tournament that they did at the last one. So it seems yep. like one of those games that is sort of fondly remembered by the fighting game community, and we'll see if the the new one picks up any steam. I'm certainly not going to play it. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, not my style whatsoever. I can respect and appreciate this game for what it is, but if you're asking for my final rating, this is a, hey, I do not like this game. Um, <laughs> but if what Tony has told you has sparked any sort of uh, excitement or joy in your heart, then by all means, go crazy, because it looks cool. It's bombastic and wild, but just this is not my kind of game. Uh, I... I saw that coming, and, and I think you'll see my rating, too, is, uh, hey, I like this game. Uh, this is, uh, for me, one of the best games of its era. It's super fun. It's the type of thing where I wish I had um, a ton of friends to play this game with on a regular basis because I feel like that would be super-duper fun. The fact that, like you said, they're still playing at Evo to this day, um, and especially this one, like there's five other Samurai Showdown games. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I think the newest one is technically Samurai Showdown Six. So people still come back to Samurai Showdown Two and Five. I think Two and Five are the ones that people 
um, come back to the most as like the best ones in the series. Um, but yeah, I, this game stands the test of time. I think this is going to be one of those games where like if people had to pick, you know, here are the top five or top ten fighting games of all time, this game ends up on that list. Uh, and I, I still like this game. Uh, I still think Charlotte is my girl. I remember playing with her as a kid in the arcades. And when I picked up this game again and I played her, it, it came. It all came back to me so fast. Uh, it it was really it was a fun experience. It, it, this this was a lot of fun to play for me. Uh, so thank you for humoring me, Jake. I knew you would hate this. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I'm I'm glad I got to try it out. I guess if you want um, what is going to be a high praise, at least from somebody like me, I would every day rather play Samurai Showdown 2 than Street Fighter 2. I just think it's a lot more fun and compelling of a fighting game and I like the weapon combat and there's a lot more flourishes in this than something like a Street Fighter 2. So again, I'm not a 2D fighting fan unless it's Smash Bros. But uh, yeah, Smash this was, is not a 2D. Smash is not a 2D game. Yeah, um, that's kind of like it's quote unquote 2D but it's right, very right. much not even close to this kind of style of game. But yeah, of these kinds of games, this is definitely the most interesting and one that I would play again if was given only the style of game to play. Um, but so, yeah, just not my thing. So this is so this is your favorite two D fighter, you would say? Uh, yes. Yeah. There we go. You can put that on the put that on the Neo Geo SNK re-release for whatever console they do it on next. Hey, I like that game. Oh. It's Jake Freund best 2d fighter i've played <laughs> so i i am using that in all of our promotional materials for this episode jake freund <laughs> this is my favorite 2d fighting game I've played. There we go. quote and it's there we go it's accurate it's true uh exactly yeah, only a little that's, bit out of context <laughs> right exactly well well, I guess that leaves us uh, leaves us at the end for this episode. Jake, uh, I know you have some, some crazy plans for this next episode, so uh, why don't you fill me in? Yeah, yeah. So I got, a, I got a childhood friend that I played a lot of games in my formative years with, um, and we decided collectively on one of our favorite classic RTS games Boo. that we want to make Tony play and talk about for the next episode. So stay tuned for the next episode of Hey, I Like That Game, where we'll be talking about the RTS granddaddy classic, Total Annihilation. Total Annihilation. I don't know this game at all. What yeah. is this game? Oh, this one's great. So have you heard of Supreme Commander? Yes. This is basically the spiritual successor to that, or to this one. Or Sorry, this is uh, Total Annihilation is a spiritual successor to er, Damn it. Okay, here we go. Take three. Cut those, other, cut those other ones. Cut those other ones. Supreme Commander is a spiritual successor to Total Annihilation. There we go. Finally got it out of my mouth. Cut those other ones. Nobody heard those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Gr like, I made you play, um, oh, God, what was it even called? Jurassic Park Jurassic Chaos Park, Chaos Island. Island. There we go. That was a terrible RTS. So I want you to play a good one and see, or as I remember, a good one, and see how you feel about it. And we'll have a we'll have a guest star for the next episode too. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it should be a good time. 
and we'll see you next time on Hey, I Like That Game. Cheers! <laughs> <laughs>Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And also drop us a rating and review. It would really mean a lot to us. Thanks. Tune in next time.